You're listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Oh, look, it's a picture of Barry Weiss. You know, I just approvingly retweeted her, something I thought I'd never do. Uh, I know. Uh, I didn't expect that from you. Everybody's being a big, big person. That's a very big of you. And it's big of her to tweet this thing criticizing Elon Musk for banning these accounts, which seems to be the story of the hour, maybe not of next Wait, hour, but... Not to, not to harsh your buzz or, or berries, but is it big of her or is it just a sign of the extent to which the tide has turned against Elon Musk? Has the tide so turned that she, it is in her interest to position herself at some distance from... I mean, maybe we should read the tweet in case people haven't... Uh, Maybe we should recap what's happened for people. Okay. Anyway, well, well, just quickly, her tweet that I approvingly retweeted is the old regime at Twitter governed by its own whims and bias, uh, governed by its own whims and biases. And it sure looks like the new regime has the same problem. I oppose it in both cases. And I think those journalists who were reporting on a story of public importance should be reinstated. Of course, Barry Weiss is one of two court scribes for, I mean, to put it maybe more cynically than it should be put. Uh, for Elon Musk, the other being Matt Tybee, they're both doing this Twitter files thing. He's trusted them to tell his story about uh, the old regime. A, now she's distancing herself from him. Now go ahead and provide whatever. Back yeah, well, that's why that's why it took some balls for her to do it. I think because he has favored her with this treasure trove of documents, and which uh, has certainly been good for her visibility and uh, and good for her new publication. And yet she is standing up to this guy who did this big favor for her. And yes, I think, I, 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 I don't think the tide is irrevocably turned against Musk. What happened is, uh, if I, I'm going to get this wrong because I only recently boned up on it, but um, my impression is that uh, he uh, suspended this guy who runs Elon Jet, which uses mainly publicly available information uh, to track his jet and report his whereabouts, mm-hmm. and, and has he, for and has for a long time, I guess. Yeah. Right, but he apparently and he had promised he wouldn't ban it, but then he changed his mind. Apparently, after he claims the car carrying his kid was uh, uh, was uh, accosted by a stalker who jumped on the hood, and and this scared him. And and I think the secret is that maybe it also scared the child's mother who lent on Elon saying. You have to stop this. Uh, there's often a woman behind the scenes, as in the Will Smith case, uh, spurring action that may not be right or may be right. Anyway, so he, he, he then also banned a whole bunch of, you know, credentialed journalists and, and some uncredentialed ones who were linking to this guy's account on the grounds that they, too, were publicizing this information. And they've gone berserk and... Uh, said, you know, we're only just reporting the story. Why can't we just link to this public information? And I would say that the tide is definitely against Musk, although he put a he put a poll on his site, should we reinstate these people immediately? And even though it's presumably a self-selected audience of Musk fans, Quite so. uh, he's losing. <laughs> so uh, uh, I, I, I think the obvious uh, dynamo of this episode is he looks at the polls and says, okay, Vox Populi, uh, and reinstates them. Yeah, but this isn't, I mean, uh, this is not 
the whole reason the tide is turning. I mean, he's had a bad week. And, you know, I, I think it starts. I mean, I think he did much more clearly egregious things over the weekend, one in particular, almost a week ago now. Uh, and those are apparently not unrelated to the fact that his stock tanked for the first couple of days of the week. And the Wall Street Journal did a story on Tuesday saying big time stockholders in Tesla are complaining that he's an absentee CEO and they're complaining about how he's conducting himself on Twitter. Now, and I want to get into one of those things because I think it is so egregious and has gotten not enough attention. It's kind of gotten some or one aspect of it has gotten some, but I think people really haven't reckoned with what a, a horrible and irresponsible person he's showing himself to be. Uh, now, but, but, but before I get to that, just to make sure I'm clear about this. So I hadn't seen that this guy supposedly jumped on the hood of his car. Has that been documented? I mean, I saw a video where the guy in question who supposedly was stalking his son was sitting in a car uh, doing a video with his smartphone of whoever was videoing him. And I gather Elon was saying that I don't know what the connection between the jet tracker and this guy being near his son was, unless Elon is saying he had just gotten off a jet, but people geolocated the car and said, no, it's nowhere near an airport. And some, then somebody said, well, it's not that far from a heliport. I have no idea. Is there, how much do we South, know about that? It was in that? South Pasadena, I think. So we know that this uh, guy actually jumped on the hood of the I, car? We know that. We know that uh, Elon said something close to that uh, okay. in his well, in his. Uh, uh, I I'm getting it now, but he he uh, he, uh, he 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 said that the guy did more than sit in a. Well, car. it doesn't matter. Don't don't spend time. I mean, whatever the uh, you know these elite journalists who who uh, he got rid of for the time being, at least include New York Times, Washington Post. You know, yeah, it's the and the and the editor of the Washington Post has complained. And I have the Elon link here. Last night, a car carrying little X, that's his son, yeah. in L.A. was followed by a crazy stalker thinking it was me who later blocked car from moving and climbed onto hood. Mm -hmm. Legal action is being taken against Sweeney, that's the Elon Jets guy, and organizations who supported harm to my family. Okay. That's what the well, well I, anyway, I don't know if there's a connection to the Jets, but uh, look, if there is, I mean, I'd say I, I can understand uh, how, you know, if you're in his position, your son's in danger. Do you think it's connected to the Jet thing? Uh, but that's not when it started. He had already banned this guy, hadn't he? The Jet guy before this latest thing, right? I think he had. Don't, don't look that I think up. He we had. don't have time I think to he do had. I just look at the research. time. But, December 14th. Uh, yeah. So anyway, whatever. I mean, one thing I would say, though, is like, remember uh, their big reveal about the, the, the Trump banning in, in the course of the Twitter files on January 8th of 2021 was that behind closed doors, they had said, you know, I'm, I don't think our terms of service, some, at least some executives had said, I don't think our terms of service really warrant banning him. And they went ahead and banned him anyway. And of course, my line has been that, well, they should have focused on the January 6th tweet where he endangered the life of the vice president. Um, and in any event, just more broadly, they, they shouldn't have felt bound by the terms of service. Okay. What they, what they should have done. You with us, Mickey? Yeah. What they are you. So are you like one of these young people 
who can like be texting on a phone and actually listening to what's being I'm said? I'm not texting. I'm just looking for what David Sachs said about this. About what? The car? The plane? None of that matters. The whole controversy. But of course the one matters. I'm talking about? No, I'm talking about a different one now. Okay, I'm talking about the Twitter files. The the uh, the um, so the you know I I just think they should have said look screw the terms of service we had not anticipated that a sitting president would use Twitter to not just endanger the life of the vice president but but try but encourage people to coercively impede the counting of the votes in a, the electoral votes in a presidential election. And more broadly, subvert democracy, subvert the Constitution. We just didn't anticipate this when we wrote our terms of service. So screw them. We're banning the guy. That's a totally legit thing. And I just want to say that's what Elon is doing now. And fine. The Twitter terms of service don't say you can't geolocate jets and put it on your, your site. And he is entitled Please. to say, he's entitled to say those terms were, were written before Twitter was owned by a billionaire who owns a jet. Now they're changed. Fine. But that's exactly that. That's what he's doing. And that's exactly what Twitter, if they had had any sense, would have said when they banned Trump. In any event, it's the functional equivalent of what happened with banning Trump. That's okay? a good point. I, that's a good point. The uh, uh, he's, he's making it up as he goes along. Uh, and uh, and this is a rule that, he, you know, that he made up. So the question is, is it a crazy rule that is, is a disaster for him? And it is a disaster in this sense, which is the key thing that what could destroy Twitter is if all the journalists leave. That they are the a big attraction for Twitter. For I mean, there's other kinds of Twitter. There's black Twitter. There's probably crochet Twitter. There's car Twitter. There's teen Twitter. There's porn Twitter. But for like people who are interested in as a public discourse, the reason it is important is because the big shots in journalism who actually do help shape the narrative that everybody else sees, even if they're not on Twitter, are on Twitter and have felt they have to be on Twitter. And politicians are on Twitter and feel they have to be on Twitter. If, 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 if you know, as I said before, if Maggie Haberman and the Washington Post leave, you know, it's all over for me too, probably. Or I'll go to wherever she goes, you know? You'll go wherever so, Maggie goes? Where I'll go where, where Maggie goes, I will go. Yes. Uh, uh, so it was really... It, it, it's extraordinarily dangerous for him to have done this. Um, even if he's wrong, even I, if he's I would right, say, even if I, he's right. I think Twitter's, you know, strategically critical elite base goes somewhat beyond journalists in the New York Times sense and, and, and beyond journalists. I mean, look, there's VC Twitter. That's, you know, there's like business Twitter. There's academic Twitter. There's and academic, it all kind yeah. of works in synergy, yeah. right? Yeah, because, right. I agree. Uh, but, but if it, you're right that if it starts unraveling, and and look, I had said from the beginning, a lot, you know, months ago, this is going. Elon taking over Twitter is going to be a test of the strength of network effects. It's very hard because of network effects for people to leave Twitter. But I didn't think he would put it to this severe tw test. Right. And I'm starting to think it. I'm starting to see ways it could unravel. Well, the, I agree. This is the first time you could see uh, everybody going to post. Apparently, post the backlog is being. Uh, you know, cut and you can actually get on post now. Mm -hmm. So maybe everybody will go to post. I mean, it's uh, always I think, possible. I'm starting to think, um, I can get into this in the pair room. I'm starting to see a way Mastodon could actually be the thing. Uh -huh. 
Well, no, but you see, its weakness is its strength in a certain sense. Uh, but 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 let me get to the thing. See, well, the, I, just to be clear, well, the reason Elon's stock has well, go ahead and say what you're going to say. This is what David Sachs, our friend David Sachs, said about the events of the week. Elon's content moderation decisions so far, no swastikas, no continuous real-time doxing. What's the problem? And, and, and it is true, you know, even if he, even if it wasn't continuous real-time doxing, it is true that it is a limited quality, a limited number of relatively discrete categories. Uh, and, you know, don't piss off Elon by linking to Elon Jets, okay? Mm-hmm. You can do that and still have a viable political discourse. So uh, that's a, a point of possible, you know, survival of Twitter as a viable medium, despite this. Is yeah, well, that, as I uh, said, it's a limited as, group. It's a limited group. As I said, the, the reason he's in trouble is not just because of this jet thing. And it's not just because he banned this, these uh, journalists. It starts, well, it Suspended. starts a long time ago. What? Suspended, Suspended whatever. For- Seven days. Right. The, uh, so um, over, over uh, the, the weekend, and it starts before even this, uh, but he did, he did a couple of things that got a lot of attention, pissed a lot of people off. I still don't think uh, people have really focused on uh, the, key, the key thing, from, the most egregious thing from my point of view. So the two things were, there's this... Uh, What's his name? Yoel Roth, the former um, right. content guy, the former trust and safety guy at Twitter. Uh, Elon, you know, they, they they now have a spat. For a while, Roth was sticking around and Elon was saying kind things about him. Then he left. And Elon goes and takes out of context something he wrote in, I don't know, it was a dissertation or something that, that I, I haven't even seen the passage, but I gather it makes him sound like he's got like he's uh, supporting pedophilia or some weird thing about, uh, you know. And in fact, the upshot apparently of that dissertation was we need to find uh, a way to keep young people from being exploited and abused by Grindr, that app, you know, that was was and probably is widely used in, in the gay community. I don't, I don't quite know how you have a safer Grindr that people... Go on, they meet each other, but they don't have sex. Uh, well, well this was about the specific problem of young people. Okay, I don't right. look, I haven't read it. My point is apparently Elon, you know, he's done this before. He's got a thing about pedophilia. He accused some guy he had no knowledge of whatsoever, who was in Thailand, I think, at the time, of being a pedophile. And then when people challenged him, this is, of course, like a, a couple of years ago, he says, Well, doesn't he look like a pedo to you? It's like he's got a weird, I mean, he's, he's, He's a weird guy in so many ways, but he's got a thing about this. So he takes this out of context. And, and of course, some of the crazier people in the Elon hordes apparently accost Roth just very much the way Elon is complaining that people are doing to him now. And they do it because Elon took this thing out of context on Twitter. He's got over 100 million followers, so he shouldn't do these things lightly. And Roth had to relocate, leave his residence. Okay, he at least he says he felt that besieged. Okay, this pissed a lot of people off. The other thing that pissed a lot of people off was uh, the Fauci thing. Now, the part of that that I think people remember is when he says, Elon just says, out of the blue, here are my pro- pronouns, prosecute Fauci. 
I mean, what a what a totally vapid joke uh, by way of trying to, I guess, uh, appeal to both kind of anti-trans or trans skeptics or anti-woke and the anti-Fauci community just out of nowhere. Okay. Well, he's but, he's got a lot of lame jokes up his sleeve. Okay. But the, here's remember the, worst the Remember his cars are named model S, E, X, and Y. Right. No, he's he's a child in so many ways. But here's the bad part is uh, he, uh, he, he subsequently says in a tweet, Fauci, quote, lied to Congress and funded gain-of-function research that killed millions of people. He has accused Fauci of being responsible for the deaths of millions of people. First of all, that increases the chances that somebody's going to kill Fauci. Just as just as what he did endangered this Roth guy, and just as well, he's but, complaining about people doing with him, but that you can't refrain. I mean, this is different from Roth. Roth Roth was not a important important public national public figure, and it sort of faded from the story and was behaving relatively responsibly. There was no reason for him to make you know to to say that stuff about Roth. Fauci, this is like a central issue of contention. Was there gain-of-function research? No, it's was not. It, no, was it's it not. funded? Yes, no, it it's is. not. I'll explain the, the thing as I understand it, okay? Okay. Okay. Now, remember, he's not just saying he funded gain-of-research uh, stuff uh, at Wuhan. Uh, he's saying he funded gain-of-research stuff at Wuhan that killed millions of people. And by the because way... escape from the lab. No, no, no. Let me, let me, let me explain what the actual truth the about all of this is, okay? Famously, Rand Paul and Fauci got into this dispute in Congress about whether there had been gain-of-function research at Wuhan that was supported by the NIH or something, by the federal government, okay? Now, I think it was kind of a semantic disagreement, and, and I think if Fauci was technically correct uh, that there hadn't been, it was because NIH had defined gain-of-function research so narrowly. But right. What everyone agrees about, all scientists agree about, so far as I know, is that the, the specific thing that we're talking about is not the COVID virus, okay? This could not have possibly led to COVID. Now, separately, there is a suspicion that at the Wuhan lab, there was gain-of-function research that led to the COVID virus as we know it, okay? But not only is there no evidence that Fauci had anything to do with that, that the federal government had anything to do with that, we know that Wuhan, in conjunction with some American uh, people, had actually applied to the D DARPA at the Pentagon, Defense Ad Advanced Research Projects Agency, for funding to do that. The grant had been denied, okay? Now, Wuhan may have gone ahead and done it. I think there's a good chance of that. And I think that COVID may be a genetically engineered virus. But the Rand Paul thing is separate. Nobody thinks that was the COVID virus. And there's no evidence that Fauci okayed uh, gain-of-research stuff on the COVID virus. And and when you think about it, it's implausible, right? Because Fauci is, if nothing else, a bureaucratic survivor. And if DARPA rejects a grant, the idea that Fauci is going to like say, hey, you know what I'd like to do is just do this thing secretly and illicitly in a way that could ruin my career if somebody finds out. Fauci is totally not the kind of guy to do that. But leave aside whether you agree with me that it's implausible. Elon Musk is making the totally unfounded claim 
that Fauci is responsible for killing millions of people by virtue of funding gain-of-function research, okay? My, my impression is from uh, that article in The Spectator, written by Matt Ridley's partner, is a very good article because it sort of summarizes, it's sort of the only article you have to read. Maybe it's not, but it summarizes the whole controversy, was that there are now a lot of leakers from the EcoHealth Alliance and I'm not completely sure what you just said is true. I think there may have been some uh, some eco have implicated Fauci. Uh, who have said Fauci okayed gain-of-function research on the thing that became the no, COVID no, they, 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 It wouldn't have said that, but it would have opened the door to the fact that they eco-health might have used some funding to fund some gain-of-function research on the COVID virus. It's been a week since I read this article. I'm just not completely sure that what you say is right. Well, I, I mean... All I could say. Musk needs to back up what he's saying. And it's uh, uh, unless there's something I'm completely unaware of, it's completely unfounded. There's a natural conflation of these two issues with gain of function, but they're separate issues. And I, and I just, I don't know, I, there's something weird about me. There's all this stuff that that I think you know, that freaks me out that doesn't freak other people out, that I get outraged about that other people don't get outraged about. I just think if you're going to publicly accuse, and I don't give a shit if he's a public official, if you're going to publicly accuse someone, assert, assert confidently. And by the way, you can tell by the phrasing that Musk is conflating these two. He says he lied to Congress. That's a reference to the uh, Rand Paul encounter and funded gain of research that killed millions of people. So he's conflating these two things. But, but to get back to my outrage, if you're going to accuse someone confidently of being responsible for the deaths of millions of, fuck, of, of people, you better fucking have your shit together so I, and be able to tell us what you mean. I mean, I, nobody, can't say, I can't say that Robert, when Robert McNamara was alive, I couldn't say he's responsible for the deaths of millions of people. Because no, somebody, might attack, somebody might attack him as somebody almost did. No, I mean, if, if you no, can back Robert it up. McNamara. Mickey, this isn't that complicated. If you can back it up, say it. You're, and if you can't, don't. No, if you can't, don't. If you can't, you shouldn't say it even if you're not endangering them. So you are saying that even if Musk has zero evidence of this, it's, no, it's, it's just, not just outrageous it doesn't that he that it to 100 million that it might trigger, That it might trigger somebody attacking somebody. I guess it makes the stakes higher for getting it right. But, uh, you know, the, 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 it's, it's this business of attacking Fauci on the street that you brought up. Seems to me you shouldn't say it if it's wrong whether or not they're going to attack Fauci on the street. Well, on as a you know, I'm soft on Fauci. I don't particularly have a beef with him. I think he was probably doing what he thought was right. This has, this has nothing to do with Fauci at all. I mean, you can just substitute any human being and say, should a billionaire who, has, who owns Twitter, so can't get kicked off, and has 100 million followers tweet to them that confidently that any given person, especially somebody that there's already a lot of pent-up hatred toward, is responsible for killing millions of people when there's absolutely no foundation for it. And you're saying fine, as I understand it, right? You're no, saying it's okay. No I, think, no, I think it should back it up. I'm well, just not sure. I'm just not sure that you're I'm just not sure that he can't back it up enough to make it permissible. I don't know. Well, somebody should do it for him. I had exchanges with people on Twitter about this, asking them, like, what does he mean? What can you back it up? And I, I don't think so. I looked I looked it up. Uh so his 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 Tesla shareholders should be happy. He obviously spent all of ten seconds on this, so it didn't really distract him from his Tesla no, stewardship but, duties. But back to the original point, 
this thing, the anti-Elon animus really gained momentum over the weekend. And, uh, and, and honestly, I think if I knew all the facts about the jet thing, I might wind up not outraged at all. I mean, if, if they, they knew about his son's location because he had just come from some heliport and they knew about that because of the jet tracking and so on, I totally understand. Uh, I mean, I still think they shouldn't, they, he shouldn't, you know, it's so parallel to what Twitter did with Trump that there's, that, that he should, must should now have limited grounds for freaking out about that. But still, I, well, I that's I, a good point like, about Trump. If they're making it up as they go along, then Twitter could have made it up as they go along. They, unfortunately, they had this bureaucracy that felt it had to promulgate rules and, you know, have a some sort of systematic uh, treatment of people. Um, the, uh, the, the, the flight thing gets, complicated because apparently there is most of the data is public but there's one little bit some other little bit of of data that the guy had to figure out where where which of several planes of that type was musk's it was not public information apparently he figured it out correctly uh so uh there's that little wrinkle and the other the other point to be made is i don't think it's enough that something is public information. In general, the role of it's public, it's public. You should be able to publish it. But remember when, um, I think it was The Nation published an article on how to make a hydrogen bomb. Their point was, and there was a huge fuss about it, and it was a really good article. It was eye-opening, but uh, uh, it probably did make it a little easier for somebody to make a hydrogen bomb. And it was public in the sense that they found it in a public library at some like defense lab but there's a difference between something being formally public and being you know on twitter where millions of people can read it and and that's i think that's a factor so it's not dispositive that that something is public but probably in this case you know everybody knows that flights are public and if he does he wants to disguise his identity there are ways that rich people do it they take net jets they can do other things uh so at some point the responsibility is on him to take care of his own privacy uh, yeah, I mean, one could, yeah, I suppose. Uh, but uh, I'm less clear on that. I'm also less clear. Somebody was saying that he was, Twitter was delete, uh, deleting, uh, well, they, they, they suspended the, ma- I think, kind of the official Mastodon account. And somebody said they were deleting links to Mastodon. That's almost hard to believe. But it was a credible person who said it, but I don't know. The, yep. um, one quick thing, uh, lest I be too, uh, uh, too, too high on, seemed too high on Barry Weiss. There was a good piece uh, by Eric Levitz, who I think is very good in in, uh, New York uh, magazine called The Twitter Files is what it claims to expose, uh, referring to, you know, which of her Twitter threads was it? Um, Anyway, her big reveal on that was, and I want to ask you about the shadow banning stuff. That that was the shadow banning thread. And and, and in a way, the most uh, kind of powerful single tweet in that thread was her saying, that, uh, you know, Twitter had said they don't do this. Uh, and it turns out that uh, they did. Uh, here's her tweet. Uh, you know, this was the, who is it? Charlie Kirk. Is that the guy who was shadow banned? Is that his name? He's one of them. Charlie Kirk, uh, Dan Bongino, and that doctor are the okay. three examples. Stanford doctor or something? Yeah. 
So she writes, Twitter denied that it does such things, meaning shadow banning. In 2018, Twitter's Vijaya Gaddy, then head of legal policy and trust, and Kayvon Bakepour, head of product, said, uh, quote, we do not shadow ban. They added, and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology. Well, Eric Levitz pointed out that if you go to the blog, uh, the Twitter post, blog post, where she got that we do not shadow ban, uh, quote, which she didn't, she didn't link to the post, and, and maybe now we know why, but uh, it clearly defines shadow banning in a way that gets them off the hook. Now, you can argue that, that they're defining it in this narrowly so that they can keep themselves off the hook. Fine. Yeah. But, but, but look, Barry Bear, took the quote. From, it's the first sentence of the uh, third paragraph. And here are the first two paragraphs of that post, and she must have read them. It says, people are asking us if we shadow ban. We do not. But let's start with what is shadow banning? The best definition we found is this, deliberately making someone's content undiscoverable to everyone except the person who posted it, unbeknownst to the original post. So by that definition, and they elaborate on that, you know. I think that's Jack's definition, not BJ got it. But anyway. Uh, no, it, 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 no, no, let me be clear. It's the definition that Barry Weiss was referencing. This is the blog, okay. Twitter post from okay. which she took the quote, th- we do not shadow me. And, and <laughs> Eric Levitt said, you know, he thought she was lying. She could be sloppy enough to have done this, but she's one of the, she's one or the other, sloppy or dishonest. I think, she, I think she was making the argument, I think she was making the argument that Twitter basically denied everything uh, and they had this, uh, and, and, and it, you know, so that and and if they had a weird definition of shadow banning, that was part of their disingenuous effort to deny everything when they were in fact doing something. No, she didn't say uh, that. She could have said that. She could have said this. They were relying on an absurdly narrow definition. She acted as if she says Twitter she denied said, that it does such things, does what it did to these people. But if you look at their post, which was, I guess, before they had done it to these people. It was so narrow as to give them a loophole. Well, they, gave, they, they didn't commit perjury, but they they gave the impression that they don't do such things. Jack also said he doesn't censor articles, which is a lot harder for him to get around. Uh, uh, it, arguably, uh, you know, Barry Weiss did not say, did not reference these specific shadow banning uh, questions when she said that. Deny they do such things. Well, Jack said they don't censor articles. And... This was arguably censoring articles. So it seems to me Barry Weiss has a like to stand on that's not doesn't require her lying. Uh, it's just that, you know, it's an argument over what censoring means. I don't think there's a special narrow definition of censorship on the Twitter site or in their testimony. Censorship okay, I'm, means I'm not censorship. talking about censorship at all. I'm not talking about what you're talking about. I'm talking about the one, her tweet about shadow banning. No, the tweet doesn't say shadow banning. It says this. Deny this. This is arguably censorship. Now, here's what it says. Twitter denied that it does such things. And here's such things. There you and go. She go. And she goes on to back it up. She says in 2018, they said, quote, we do not shadow ban, unquote. They added, quote, and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology, unquote. That's all she's talking about. Er- Eric Levitt's got this right. I-, I looked at it carefully, and that's all I'm talking about. Yeah, but he, he also, right after shadow ban, he also denied censor. She, she picked the wrong, you know, the wrong part of their testimony to, to quote back at them. And with that, she probably didn't want to, I don't know, maybe she was sloppy. Maybe she was rushed. Maybe she, uh, 
didn't understand that they had this narrow definition of shadow banning. Do you realize how narrow their definition of shadow banning is? Yeah, it's narrow. I, I thought their definition of shadow banning was they prevent you from being searched, they prevent you know you from being linked to. But if somebody goes to your site, Bob right. Wright, they will see the tweet. Right. That's not their definition of shadow banning. Their definition well, they, of shadow, they even explicit. narrower. Wait, their definition yeah. of shadow banning is nobody can see it ever. You're tweeting into the void. Right. Now it's unbelievable. They I know. They explicitly say that. They say not quite. We're, they we're say not discoverable. It. They say no, no, no. They go on to say, and what I didn't quote, we're defining it so narrowly that uh even if you go to I'm pretty sure this, even that they say what you said. Now I'm not sure, actually, that in the case of like Charlie Kirk, it, I don't. They, they said they they gave him a do not amplify label. I assume that means uh, that he doesn't get any any advantage out of the algorithm, right? I, I assume right. that means that that any of his followers who click see latest tweets, you know, one of the two options will see his tweets. So so I don't think they were relying on that narrow definition in in that case. But you're right. They define it in, in almost absurdly narrow fashion. And if Barry Weiss wants to complain about that, she can, but she 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 misrepresented it. She she didn't. She didn't. I, it, right. But the bigger picture is they were doing things to fuck up these people and they had no business doing it. And 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 so so I, I just think this is all no, uh, look, a look, little of a, a, is, a excessive reaction against a bit of a shortcut she took. Uh, I look, I agree that. They should be completely transparent about shadow banning, about what your status is. And if you get suspended, they should tell you why. What tweet was it? Right. There needs to be a complete overhaul of this. Musk has said he will do it. I support that. I'm just saying that, like, if you're going to be anointed by Twitter as revealing the awful truth about this stuff, you should get things straight. When she says Twitter denied it does such things, Twitter never denied that they that they, that they never do a do not amplify thing. Yes, and, they do. They deny they censor. The question is, do not amplify is do not amplifying censorship? I would say yes, it is. They denied they censored. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't convict Jack of perjury on that, but I would make him walk the hot coals and explain the ways he thinks this isn't censorship. I assume censorship means uh, deleting tweets without I don't know, but. Anyway, that's not what she's relying on here, and you know whether or not they whether whether or not she she relies on the right thing. Her basic point, which is that they denied doing such things, is true. They gave every impression that they didn't do such things, and they did do such things. That's the big point, and the, the larger point, which nobody is addressing, yeah, uh, is. Uh, they they have focused. On, I think I made this point last week, but they have focused only on the top of the pyramid, the big shots like Dan Bongino and the Stanford doctor, right? And Charlie Kirks. What what people like me worry about is was the algorithm pervasively biased against uh, conservatives and in favor of liberals? That it could have just been unconsciously pervasively biased. There's a very interesting uh, line of tweets that must sort of refer to and just said this is interesting. By, by somebody named Ruby something, which uh, she got a trove of documents from inside Twitter about how it actually runs. And the algorithm runs on machine learning, okay? And so uh, 
we know that machine learning can be biased in terms of what you feed machine learning and what you say is, you know, it, it looks for, uh, for election denial and it looks for people who use certain keywords uh, that, that, like, for example, the movie 2000 Mules, they found that people who used the word 2000 Mules were, were likely to be election deniers. So they fed, fed that into the machine learning and it gave people points off if they, if they use 2000 mules, uh, it's, uh, so it's obvious where bias could have been creeped in. And then there were people called agents internally who had the power to mm -hmm. ban people, not just at the top, but throughout. And that's the key issue. We just have, we have to learn a whole lot more. And Musk has the power to tell us a whole lot more about how this damn algorithm worked. Well, I assume they will. And, and they should, I mean, you have said in the past, you think you were shadow banned. It's not quite impossible that I was. I certainly don't Under feel like I get much traction on Twitter. What? Under my definition of shadow banning, yeah. What they call visibility filtering, yes. Which is like a do not amplify thing. It's a bunch of different tools they have. Do not amplify, do not, they ban you from search results. And I can't believe they don't have a dial that says, do we, amp do we amplify Bob 100% or do we amplify him 50%? They dial it down to 50%. You, you think it should be a more continuous filter, or you would expect a more continuous gradation? I would gradation. expect they would be smart enough to have gradations, yes. Now, I, I, but I think for them to have this nominal connection between the rules and the punishment, they actually need to break it up into several discrete things. But anyway, the, uh, you know, look, they should, and I assume they will, and I assume they can, give us a list of everyone who has ever had any kind of filter applied to them over in the history of Twitter. That should be out there. And, and I support that. Uh, okay. I agree. You know, That's a big thing. Well, it's, it's, it's just obvious. I mean, yeah. and, uh, but you know, it, it gets back to the, my, you know, it's just, this has not, I don't think either Matt Tybee or Barry Weiss you know, I, I just think they both kind of slanted the story in ways that lead me to not trust their rendering of things. Well, uh, Tybee went out of his way to say there was no evidence of government involvement. Yeah, but... Uh, he didn't have to say that. That was... But the thing... I mean, I want to add something to last week's critique. So, again, he said, well, when Biden officials, when Biden, people in the Biden camp said, brought things to their attention, they were attended to, and people in Trump's camp did. But because Trump people were less well-connected, they got, you know, it, it didn't work as effectively for them. And then, as I said, he gives you the example of the Biden people uh, saying, you know, uh, the, the screenshot of the email where they say, oh, the Biden people sent this in. I'm on it. And he doesn't give us something from Trump that can be circulated. But the thing I realized, you know, and you and I agreed that on that Biden screenshot, the three URLs that the Biden people brought to his attention were actually plainly, uh, they, they were dick pics, plain violations in terms of service. The only thing I'm adding this week is Tybee should have pointed that out. Maybe he didn't know it, but, you know, anybody would have looked at this and thought, oh man, they get special treatment. Whereas in fact, the Biden people were bringing to their attention something that they would have deleted if anybody had brought it to their attention. And right, Tybee was, didn't say that. I think he was using using what evidence he had. And, and the problem with that that first string of uh, tweets he wrote 
were those were the ones that were vetted by James Baker, the F, former FBI yeah, agent, could be. who was at the center of this thing, and maybe he cut out all the good stuff. Who knows? I'm just saying, Tybee should have told us what he could have yeah. known. He can look yeah. up those URLs. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure. I can't believe he didn't. Uh, the well, but um, then he, all the more reason he should have told us what they he, were. He, he should have told us. I agree. Um, anyway, anyway. Uh, so should we switch topics and save any? There's more must talk uh, for the parrot room, including. How, uh, God, it's already been 40 minutes. My alarm's going off. Um, including how I think it could unravel, like what, what, what alternative there could be. Can I quickly also, say something he, about he's Ukraine? Also, he, he's yeah. launching blue check reform, too. That's always exciting for our listeners. Oh, I want to discuss that in the parrot room because okay. I'm wondering if I should buy one. I think I may for experimental purposes and see if it helps. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but, uh, Ukraine. Just quickly. Um, you know, I've been making this argument, you know, I wrote this Washington Post piece a couple weeks ago, basically said, if you look at the likely future of the war, you know, chances are in retrospect, we in Ukraine will wish they had tried to get a peace deal now. Now, maybe they couldn't get one. Maybe the Russians aren't up for it. But I would say, uh, first of all, if you look at the last couple of weeks, you know, Ukraine wins some battles here, Russia here, you know, little tiny village things. But it seems to me on balance, Russia has made uh, more progress than Ukraine has. Meanwhile, Russia, again, as we mentioned last week, is building these extensive defensive fortic- fortifications that make it, uh, are going to make it hard for Ukraine to, uh, to go beyond them. But, you know, more than that, you know, I, I listened to this conversation between uh, this guy, Douglas McGregor. And of course, you know, he's controversial. He was a Trump advisor, either formal or informal. He was a colonel in the army. And he's definitely got kind of an attitude. But he's also definitely extremely smart and knows a lot of stuff about military history. And I assume he's well-versed on Ukraine. And it was a conversation with this guy named Michael Vlahos. And, and it's the first, I'm talking about the first of three conversations on YouTube. I would just say, anybody who, who feels confident that all it's going to take is more time for Ukraine to push all the way back to the Feb, February borders or even the 2014 borders, at least listen to that conversation. Because it's kind of terrifying. He speaks with such confidence. It's like, it's like the Russians are prepared and 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 these numbers should get your attention in any event, whether you buy his entire analysis or not. It, basically, the upshot of what he's saying, you know, the conventional wisdom in the military is that if you're going to do offense, you need a three to one troop advantage. OK, well, right. there is a three to one troop advantage. Unfortunately, it's three to one in favor of the Russians. OK, like, you know. Ukraine's total number of men in arms, as I understand what he's saying, if he's right, is about as as many uh, comparable to what Russia has currently in in battle, in the battle zone. But in addition to that, apparently Russia has half a million troops more or less poised to enter Ukraine or uh, or to, to enter the battle but, zone from some part of Ukraine that's not I, currently in, I, in battle. And, I read that British intelligence had concluded that the Russia does not have enough troops to launch any offensive action in the near future, like for the winter. Uh, so they're going to be completely defensive for the winter. Well, I, uh, I, I would. And, 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 you know, maybe if it may be in the pipeline, there are more troops, but they aren't there now. I would assume that 
that's consistent with them building these fortifications. I've heard that analysis. They're going to hunker down for the winter and they're continue to get their shit together. And then after, presumably after the muddy season, or maybe before that, um, they're going to launch a huge offensive. But when you hear McGregor describe what they're going to do, it's terrifying. And uh, I would just say that, now you could say, well, if they're going to do this, they're not going to be in a mood to talk peace. I wouldn't be so sure. I think Putin has by now figured out that these things carry risk. And I'm not sure how supportive the Russian population is. And I would imagine that he's ambivalent about launching an operation that big, given the fact that America probably will respond with more and more powerful weapon systems. And I get the, yeah. I just go by what Khrushchev's daughter said, which is uh, he wants out, but he wants to go out on a note of winning something. Uh, so well, a, a big offensive would give him that note. Well, I think at minimum, yeah. He, well, he'd like a small offensive. I mean, uh, in, in the Donbass, I think, uh, that's the concern is that he won't be won't talk peace until they have all of uh, Luhansk and Donetsk or something. But anyway, so why don't you uh, make me feel less guilty about how much I've talked by just saying random shit for a few minutes before we sign <laughs> off about whatever you want? Yeah, well, we have we have we have things to talk about. All these all all sorts of things got pushed into the parrot room now, which will be very exciting for parrot room listeners. Uh, how the, the world is conspiring to screw up Mickey's life because. Just when he thought it was safe to stop paying attention to Washington because the amnesty deals have all been killed, A, there's another amnesty deal, and B, uh, the child tax credit is still alive. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, there. I was thinking uh, it sounds I, like we're going to get by with immigration, but at least there's no child tax credit. And take then- your eye off the ball and, and, and you get into trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Samuel Bankman Freed. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a little bit of... Uh, of new news about him. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of new news about him, but a little bit of new news that's interesting. There's fusion power. Yeah, yeah, I can and talk about that. my big question is, does fusion power mean we can stop worrying about climate change because we're all going to have fusion power in the in the future? So I can I'm answer that fire question. Fire up that gas coupler. Okay, you can answer it. I can answer that question because we have an item about it in today's non-zero okay. newsletter. Uh, we also have one about the artificial intelligence, so-called alignment problem. I want to talk about an interesting uh, Scott Alexander post about how uh, chat GPT should should terrify us with respect to the so-called alignment problem. I don't even know what the alignment problem is, so I look forward to it. You telling me what it is? Oh, it's like AI. Um, You know, it's like HAL in 2001 or the Matrix or something. Those are the hyper-dramatic versions of it. Um, Okay, there's... um, there's a uh, uh, will China un- China has it, it, unbelievably these demonstrations were very successful. China's completely changed its COVID policy, and other nations are worrying that now as COVID explodes, there'll be bad consequences. And we'll get into what those bad consequences are. Okay. Um, uh, there's uh, 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 another problem with uh, AI that was flagged by somebody else, and there's uh, the uh, the attack on TikTok, which is actually uh, uh, show, getting some traction. Okay, they had a big success this last week. 
And I want to talk about, I saw a documentary called, it's either MLK, FBI, or FBI, MLK. Anyway, about Martin Luther King and the FBI's campaign against him. I learned some things I didn't know. Uh, I want to, yeah, AI alignment, AI alignment, I'll talk about. Some more Elon uh, stuff, the, his the self-driving Tesla problems and why. I, I think he may be courting more trouble in general than he realizes even now, uh, yeah, I do want to talk about SBF, um, and uh, that's probably roughly enough. Um, it's at patreon.com slash parrot room, and it will be available by the time you're done listening with this, pretty much. Um, and, and listening to this, the uh, holiday announcement. So next Friday, which is the day before Christmas Eve, we will not be here, but only a few days later, we will have our special year-end uh, edition where we celebrate how on target my predictions were in last year's year-end edition. Was that the way you were planning to spend the year-end edition, Mickey? <laughs> um, I don't think it should be all predictions. but it, it, No, no, it's not. It, but it, I did make it, yeah. one good prediction last year. Um, no wonder and, we're focusing what? on predictions. Never mind. Uh, and in that, and so that'll appear, I think, midweek, uh, in between Christmas and New Year's. And we should, have some, we should have some awards bullshit too, no? Yeah, we should give awards. <laughs> give, give Barry Weiss the Courage Award, and uh, you you'll give it to her, and I will contest it. And uh, uh, and what else? So now we go to the parrot room where, where I express remorse over having uh, gotten so revved up in the public podcast, which is the usual. I mean, opening parrot room ritual. One, one thing about Barry Weiss is she may be, she obviously has a lot of donors who are giving her a lot of money. And maybe it's, you know, it, rather than being a profile encourage, she was getting right with her actual donors. No, or actually, she, or she no, may actually, have been saying no. exactly what she thought, which is what I think. No, actually, this this uh, strengthens the argument for the Courage Award. First of all, they're not donors; they're investors. It's an actual company, but one of them, uh, one of the investors, as as uh, <clears throat> they've both been transparent about, is David Sachs, a close Elon associate who could wind up being CEO of Twitter or something. So, if anything, yeah. So, if anything, it took more courage. Uh, for her to create some space between her and Elon. So, as always, I say that uh, Barry Weiss is a fine American. Good for Barry. <laughs> All right. See you in the pair room.